Almost three years later, and is COVID-19 still impacting small business owners? Or is it governments? Yeah, let's talk about that. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, howdy there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for joining us on Of Course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, joining you live from our Stratus IP studios here in lovely eastern Indiana. Don't let cyber attacks or outdated business technology put your company at risk. Learn more at briannicholsshow.com forward slash Stratus IP. Guys, before we get started for today's episode, I just want to make sure you did not miss the brand new exciting announcement I had back on Friday. My brand new free ebook, How to Win Your Local Election, is now available. Head over to briannicholsshow.com forward slash win local. Sign up and get yours today. This is for anyone who's thinking about running for elected office. You're already running for local office or you're running for re-election. Specifically, though, folks who are running for local office. It's going to talk about messaging, voter outreach, fundraising, building your campaign, all that in in between. And uh, by the way, it's going to be our great resource we're using over at our candidate school. And why is this important? Why is the idea and the conversation about building up a base of local candidates who know how to talk about the issues that people care about so gosh darn important? Well, Let's talk about what we've all experienced for the past, I don't know, three-ish years almost at this point, and that is, ah, yes, COVID-19. We were told it was going to be two weeks to slow the spread, and we were asked, more so mandated by our governments, that we had to hold tight. You know, we had to stop slow, you know, slow the spread. We had to, uh, what was it, uh, uh, mask down to save lives. We're, we're all in this together. Whatever the excuse was, hey, you're essential. You're non-essential. All that nonsense we heard for three years, I thought we were all done. And I think we are all done in a lot of these red states. But unfortunately, in a lot of our blue states, our friends out there in the liberty world are still facing a lot of challenges. Joining us today is an owner of a business who is experiencing a lot of challenges and has been experiencing challenges from the start. Jen Jacobson from Beloved Cheesecakes. Thanks for joining us on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us and thank you for fighting the good fight. Frankly, Jen, at the end of the day, like there comes a point who, oh, I feel like a nerd. I'm quoting Albus Dumbledore. We must decide between doing what is easy and what is right. And you did the thing that was right, even though it was definitely not the easy path. And that was standing against a lot of the tyranny being passed down through government edict out in Oregon. But before we get there, I'm putting the cart before the horse. Let's do ourselves a favor. Introduce yourself to the Brian Nichols Show audience and specifically the role that COVID-19 and government overreach played on your business there, Beloved Cheesecakes. Yeah, um, so I'm the owner of Beloved Cheesecakes here in Silverton, Oregon, and I opened my shop uh, eight months before the lockdown, so uh, August 2019. Everything was going great, and boom, the lockdown happened. Um, and prior to that, I, um, I, I've i been a sole parent to three boys for six years, and so when I started the shop, I was single with my boys. And, uh, uh, when they locked us down, I I don't have biological family. Uh, I don't have siblings. It's just my boys and I, and you're deeming me non-essential and I'm essential to my boys. So for me, I chose to stay open because I'm essential 
the first two, let's see, because, yeah, the two weeks of solar spread. So, of course, uh, we were closed that two weeks. But then after that, I started doing special orders for people. And then uh, I just opened my doors and said, forget it. And then when the mask mandate came and then telling people you can only have um, to-go orders, I was like, I'm not going to tell no one. Uh, no, if they want to come in and sit down. And uh, I also went to school for social work. So for me, uh, being part of a social worker is that you let people make their own choice of what is best for them. And so why would I tell someone that you have to put on a mask or, um, you know, that they can't come in and sit down? And so that is how we got started. The whole, um, uh, I had a Kickstarter that started uh, for me and got my boys and I rolling here at beloved cheesecakes. And so we were really uh, beloved here in the community. And then when I took my stance, that's when things really changed. And uh, yeah, I was turned into OSHA six times and I did not receive a fine, which that was, uh, I, this is God's shop. It's why I'm beloved cheesecakes. I'm his beloved and he is mine. And so I believe it's his favor. And um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. <laughs> no, thank you for that because that gives us some of the context. And I think it's important for folks to hear what actually happened. And and I, I will preface that with, I know my audience. Hey, guys, let's be real. A lot of the folks listening to the show, you guys out there, you're mostly living in areas that were probably more red-leaning states or very red states during COVID. Life in a red state was vehemently different than life in a blue state. Now, Jen, I, I wasn't in Oregon, right? But I was in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So I experienced even though it maybe wasn't to the level of the insanity that your governor was wearing her Christmas mask, ornament mask. But I did see the insanity with folks like Jim Kenney pushing down his mandates and then deciding to go down to Maryland to eat lunch uh, when he was trying to get out of his own mandates. So you see that, yeah, the, a lot of the impacts that we saw in the, the blue areas, it was like, it, it's almost hard to put into words because yeah. people can't comprehend like the idea that you're just being told no. You can't operate your business because some random government bureaucrat or elected official is determining whether or not, and this is the most arbitrary thing I've ever heard, essential versus non-essential right. and not just arbitrary, but arbitrarily like dystopian. Like what are we doing here to determine who's like whose labor and that labor that then helps provide value, not just value, but the ability to feed your family? Like, yeah come on, what are we doing here? And then you talked about, you were a single mom with three kids. Not only was that directly impacting you, now they're impacting your kids and, and their livelihoods. And that right there just speaks to how, even though the laptop class thought that they were doing the whole stay home, stay lives, you, you said it, two, two weeks to slow the spread. I forgot how many slogans we had there. That's why I got them all mixed up at the beginning because everybody yeah. had their own, you know, Woody from Toy Story when they pulled those strands his back and they had the catchphrase they come out with. Everybody had their like six or seven catchphrases that they would pop out there at the beginning of COVID. You know, hey, you know, we're, we're all in this together. Wow, you know, do your, if it saves one life, this is for grandma. You just, you, you oh, it makes me so frustrated because people would yeah. use the emotional appeal to then like quite literally damage people's ability to provide for their families. And they don't even care about that. They don't, they don't even act like what you experienced was as, as damning and as, you know, as, I'm sure troublesome as it was and sh surely still is. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's a double standard, you know, and, 
in the social work realm and I graduated Portland state in 2018. And that is a very uh, left leaning school. And, um, and the social work field is in general. And when they, they're so concerned about, uh, you know, those who are homeless or the underrepresented people. And then it's like, well, wait a second. What about small business owners? You know, they're being underrepresented right now as well. And so it's, it's just this huge double standard. It, it made no sense to me. And then me being a social worker, I've, I really wanted to integrate my social work practice with my business. And so I hired people with disabilities, trauma survivors, um, people with uh, backgrounds and um, different barriers. And so now you're telling these kids who have um, disabilities that they have to put a mask on their face. And these are the people that they're supposedly caring about. Again, it's just a huge double standard. It's so, it's so hypocritical. Where do you think, and I guess this is a hard question to answer because it's all dependent on what government officials do. And can we remotely guess what they're going to do? Absolutely not. But I guess, do you see things getting better in Oregon or do you see things kind of maintaining this weird new dystopian status quo? Well, we surely did not get the governor that we were hoping for. Um, and I pushed really hard uh, throughout this whole journey with COVID. Um, I was not into politics at all. Uh, Pre-COVID, could care less. And now I'm head first, deep, dove in uh, into the politic realm. And I've uh, become a PCP in my area and really got on board supporting candidates and campaigning for them and doing phone calls and uh, door knocking and all of that. And so we didn't get the governor we wanted. Uh, we did get uh, some seats in the house, which is good. And locally here, my husband ran for city council and he didn't make it here in our town. Our town didn't vote anyone conservative on mm -hmm. city council, which is really frustrating, but we have school board elections coming up. So that's going to be our focus. And I don't know if it's going to be better or not. I, I just saw, I think I heard that California is putting their mask mandates back on the students at schools and Oregon usually follows that. So I can only imagine what's going to happen. I, I just, I can't believe we're still doing this. Like I know. <laughs> That's the part that just blows me away. We're, we're yeah. three years into this and I just, I don't know who's like, who's still doing this? Like, unless you are, I mean, a hypochondriac and that's really what this has turned into. It's weaponized yeah. hypochondriacs taking the, the fear that they, they were able to weaponize in 2020. And now that they've been able to figure out how to use that effectively as a tool, the tool belt, now they're just going to keep on using it and going back to it because they know it will consistently work. And as long as you can get enough people to be afraid, oh man, you can get people to do the most bizarre, crazy, and sometimes no, scary things, it, Jen. It's true. And then it's that I also think, at least here in our area, I mean, there, there's so many people that wear masks and it's more of a self-righteous feeling, you know, of I, I'm better and I care about the the people around me or whatnot and, you know, all that kind of stuff that they say. But 
And now, a word from our sponsors. In the world of wine, there are so many choices, and that's why Blood of Tyrants Wine has tyrants losing their heads. Whether you're looking for a new go-to at home or want to impress your friends at a party, Blood of Tyrants Wine has you covered. And if you're trying to get rid of some pesky tyrants in your life, well, we've got that covered too. Head to briannicholshow.com forward slash wine and get $5 off your order. One more time, briannicholshow.com forward slash wine. Free men don't ask permission, so take a sip. You'll be glad you did. It, it is, it is shocking that we are still in this, you know, we've been mask free. We were, I think the last state to actually end our mask mandate, which was last April. And uh, so we've been mask free for not even a year yet, Wild, uh, except for the medical offices. And then my son broke his collarbone this last weekend. So we had to go to some medical offices this week and you know, here you have to wear a mask and we had our mask under our nose and then um, we're getting yelled at that you have to keep your mask over your nose. But yet there's employees with their masks under, you know, on their chin. So I took pictures and videos and I told the lady, I said, if you're going to require us to wear a mask and keep it over our nose. You have to do the same for your employees. And uh, it is just I, I hate medical offices now. It's terrible. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's, I don't even understand. We can go anywhere else in the public without a mask, but the medical office, you have to put on a mask. And the fact, I mean, and, and I have family and, and my in-laws, they're, they're nurses and they're all in the medical industry. Like I, I get it. Like I get the, the importance that they, they, their role was, and it still yeah. is, but I will say there are those in that class who have almost taken this essential versus non-essential mentality. And you're right. They have almost weaponized the, are you wearing your mask? Did you get vaccinated? And, and if you didn't, if you're not wearing your mask, if you're not adhering to the, what was the arbitrary six foot distance between all of us, right? We have to be bubble boy, more or less. Like that was that you don't care and you, you want others to be harmed. And it's, it's just such a, a backwards way of thinking. And I think one thing that I've really appreciated and Hey, maybe I'm planting some seeds here for you, but like I moved from Philadelphia. I got out of uh, Pennsylvania. I moved away from the Northeast. I got to Indiana now and to be in an area that I'm surrounded by folks that don't vehemently despise, not just like my perspectives and my politics, but like will make you know it. They'll make you feel bad. I remember when I lived in Philadelphia, now this is like April of 2021, and like we we had just gotten rid of our mask mandate nonsense too, I think around then, as a city. And I remember like there were still so many people on the Ben Franklin Parkway wearing their masks and glaring at other people when they didn't have their masks on. And I'm like, we're outside. What are we doing? Why is this even a conversation? Where has common sense and logic and reasoning gone? And then I realized, oh, that's not the argument here. This isn't a matter of logic, a matter of reason. This is a matter of weaponizing fear for power. And then to use that power to get your ideas, your your views into public policy and to use this as an excuse. Now, that's not to say that COVID was not real. That's not to say that COVID did not kill people. Of course it did. I know friends who lost loved ones. I I, I think we all know folks who have either lost loved ones or, or have somebody in your life who either was affected by COVID or passed away from COVID. But the response by a lot of these, and I'm sorry, specifically blue state governors and blue state mayors, it just, 
it really set the like the the discrepancy between one side versus the other side. And I hate that we're in this point. It's side versus side. But like if COVID didn't make it that much more apparent, I don't know what will. And frankly, I don't want to see what that would be that would cause that to to have us even more fractured because I think then that's one more step away from national divorce. Right. No, it is so true. Um, I I can't stand the side thing either. And pre-COVID, it was even if you were uh, left or right or in the middle, you could still tolerate each other, get along. And I don't understand other than this COVID has completely divided us um, is why we cannot tolerate each other again. I mean, I can tolerate people. I, I've had so many people say negative things, you know, um, I remember my son and I were going to a rally, uh, and we were carrying an American flag and we hadn't even reached the rally yet. And someone yelled out their car, go back to Idaho or go back to Eastern Oregon, you idiots. And I thought, isn't that the beauty of America is so you could have your freedom of opinion and your freedom of belief. And then when we were at the reawaken tour, uh, in April of 2022, uh, I had a person write to me and say, um, oh, may cancer find you and your family, you worthless, un-American human being. And I don't take that on of, oh, I'm offended and hurt by that. It's, this is the, this is the beauty of it as I'm fighting for your freedom too. You know, you can have your freedom of belief and your, and your freedom of speech and you're wanting to give that up. And I, I'm fighting for that. I don't care. Say whatever you want to say, but that's what we're fighting for. Where do you see us going now? And I know I asked this a little bit earlier in a different type of way, but more so not just Oregon, but as a country, as a culture, do you see us coming together or do you see Um, this fracture continuing this, this divisiveness continuing? Well, I don't know if you're a believer in Jesus Christ or not, but I am. And I do believe there is a move of God. I do believe something is shifting and changing in the atmosphere. And I believe the more people come back to Jesus or meet Jesus or whatever, I really believe if we have our country come back to God, I think we can get on the right track. And I do see that happening. I do see people who have been injured, you know, by the um, jab. I've seen people who have felt ashamed for getting it and, you know, they're waking up and I do see that. I think that can change our country, but if, if we don't have God, I don't think America is going to change at all. And I think it's just going to get worse because people are putting their hope in Republicans. People are putting their hope in the, you know, the left put their hope in the left and, Um, People put their hope in Trump or whatever. And there's only one person that we can get our hope from. And that's God. And and, I mean, this is a little off topic, but not really. It's just like, and I don't know if I feel a boomer saying this, but like, I've really noticed it in the younger generation, this almost narcissism of like, like they're, they're, what does it matter? Like, you know, so what, like, what's my legacy matter? What is legacy? And just like the idea of just everything being embodied in this ego of yourself and only the things that impact you without realizing the direct impact that you have on others, but also the long-term impacts of the things that you're doing now that you don't see impacting you, 
will impact you negatively in the future. Now, the most perfect example I like to give is I used to weigh 380 pounds. Now, I didn't go from being, you know, a, a skinny little twig to a whale overnight. It didn't, didn't just, you know, magic wand snap of my fingers. It was stupid bad decisions and bad habits for years on end that culminated into me being the size of a house. And just in turn from getting away from that size, it also wasn't a snap of fingers. It took a lot of new habits and actions to get away from that. I see when I look at the younger generation, a lack of understanding or at the very least a refusal to acknowledge that there are long-term implications that you have to address because they're so into this like instant satisfaction, this TikTok mentality of, I want, it's, it's the JG Wentworth. It's my money and I need it now. It's like, I need my dopamine hit now. And, and it's, it's really, it's depressing, I think, because it's, it's going to help pull us back from the progress we were making up until folks just stopped caring. The apathy is just running rampant. I don't know. Do you, like, do you see a way to save us from that? Um, that is a frustrating thing. Even being a Christian, the apathy in Christians is mind blowing too. And I really think it comes down to, and it, and this is what we don't want to have happen is when it becomes so uncomfortable, then it's, Oh, okay. Now we need to change. Well, it became uncomfortable for me from the get go. You know, I'm essential to my mom. I don't have parents to lean on. I have to uh, provide for my kids. So I was in the front lines. I, I understand that. But I have friends and um, people who they're still just idling by. They, they want to just pretend that nothing's going on. I call it ostrich syndrome, put their head in the sand yep. and um, that everything's fine. And they, they're so concerned about their kids and their sports or, um, you know, I mean, that's not bad. That's not bad stuff. But all this stuff has, they're not uncomfortable enough. You know, they haven't lost their job. They're still working from home or whatever. So it hasn't become uncomfortable enough. And until it becomes uncomfortable enough, that's when change comes. Obviously you with having to lose weight, you know, it probably for you had it, the pain has to become so great for there to be change. And I, I just don't understand. I, I, I really don't understand why some people aren't waking up to it and, it's just they're apathetic. I think my one kind of as we're, you're talking through that, the one thing I see is like the the most obvious, I guess, answer I can think of off the top of my head is that the natural consequences of terrible policy have been almost negated by the federal government intervening. So when I would leave Philadelphia and smugly say to the person who was like, oh, we'll go live with a bunch of hillbillies, you know, and your group think, I'm like, yep, I will. And I'll take my tax dollars with me. That yeah. used to feel good as a smug response. But then I'm like, oh, what does it matter? Because the federal government's going to give them, you know, a $3 billion check anyways. So right. they're almost getting rid of the negative consequences of that terrible policy. So nobody's really feeling the pain. And instead, they're able to keep on living in this fantasy la-la land, which yes. I had Daniel Miller on my show. He's the head of the Texas, uh, the Texas National Movement. And one of the main arguments that the Texas National Movement has is when you look at Texas, like the there is no ability for Texas to remedy the budget situation when the government continues to arbitrarily print more money and then use that to spend more money. And I mean, what what else? If you're a state, right, what? What other recourse are we going to have left on the table? 
up until we get to a national divorce. And nobody wants that, but I think more and more people are finally getting open to the idea because they don't want, beyond national divorce, the worst case scenario, and that is a civil war. Nobody wants that. And and, right. and if anybody thinks they do, no, like go go hang out in the Middle East for a couple months. Go watch and live in countries that are currently going through civil wars. It's not, you know, sunshine and rainbows like you seem to think it is. Though I will say an interesting fact, A1 steak sauce was created in the middle of our civil war. So I guess some crazy fun things are experimented and happened during the middle of the civil wars, but that's a different story for a different day. And also I just looked at the time, Jen, I'm so sorry. We're already over time. So with that, I know uh, you're, you're hard pressed because you got to get back to work making some delicious beloved cheesecakes. So do us a yeah. favor as we wrap things up. Um, go ahead, give us some final thoughts for today's episode, but also do us a favor and make sure we point people your way so they continue the conversation and learn more about your story and stay up to date with all that's happening in your world. Um, yes. So if you could please support Love and Cheesecakes, we are a patriotic business that absolutely love and value and cherish our constitutional rights and freedom. And uh, so you can find us at BelovedCheesecakes.com. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, Telegram, Truth Social, Rumble, and uh, we have won Best Dessert Willamette Valley the last three years, and I've only been open three years. So uh, I promise you it's America's favorite cheesecake and I serve Dr. Judy and she absolutely loves it and General Flynn and he loves it. So um, you can order online. And then just final thoughts is uh, I, I didn't know that you wrote a book. I'm, I'd like to order one is I completely, uh, I want to learn how to win those local elections, but I really believe that um, we all need to get involved and that is, you know, so we don't have a national divorce. We don't have a civil war. Those are the baby steps that we do, and we do it at our local level. And just it's just a baby step of getting involved and um, start learning and educating yourself. How to eat that elephant one bite at a time. It's, That's right. It's so yeah. true. Eat that cheesecake one bite at a time. <laughs> and you got gluten-free, which makes me happy. And oh, by the yeah. way, Jen, I will let you know, you don't have to worry about necessarily spending any hard-earned dollars for that ebook because the ebook is free. Yeah, so you can go ahead and grab that free ebook. And anybody out there, by the way, who's maybe considering running for office, or at the very least, you know, you just want to know what would it take? It, we're going to walk through literally everything from start to finish. It's about 17 pages or so. And it, I've gone through, I've, I've fired it over to a couple of my, my good friends and cons, uh, consultants I've worked with in the past. So far, thumbs up across the board. They're like, yep, yeah, this is literally what I would hand to somebody if I was to say, hey, you want to start your local election? Read this first use this as your template, then go from there. Um, so folks, yes, if you want to go ahead, check it out. It's over at briannicholshow.com forward slash win local. That's for you uh, audio listener, which I know like 99% of you out there are joining us on the audio version of the show. But if you are joining us here on the uh, the video version of the show, hello, uh, YouTube, Rumble, and Odyssey is where you can go ahead and find us. If you are joining us here on video, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button and little notification bell. And uh, also you can see here at the bottom of the screen, we have our, our ticker here for the new ebook uh, going across with our, our link. So make sure you go ahead, check that out. And uh, also, by the way, uh, if you want to go ahead and support the show, you can do that by getting some awesome merch over at our shop link at our, our, our homepage there on the website. I'm rocking a couple of it today. I got our good ideas. Don't require force hoodie and our snapback here. So if you want to go ahead, check those out. Uh, BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash shop. Use code TBNS at checkout for 10% off your order. That's all I have for you guys. With that being said, Jen, thank you for joining us here on the program. Any last words for the audience today? 
Uh, stay uh, in the fight. Do not give up and stay involved. Amen. All right, folks. Well, with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Enjoying the audio version of the show? Then you'll love our YouTube channel. Be sure to head over there and subscribe. And if you're new to The Brian Nichols Show, be sure to head to your favorite podcast catcher and click download all unplayed episodes so you don't miss one of our nearly 500 episodes that will be sure to leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. If you got value from today's episode, can you do me a favor and head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash support and leave us a $5 donation? And by the way, have you given the show a five-star review yet? If not, head to Apple Podcasts and tell folks why you listen to the program and don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. Follow me on social media at B Nichols Liberty. And again, if you'd be so kind, please consider making a donation to the Brian Nichols Show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support.